Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow, they are worn out by the time they finish. Good gracious. Man, that's high energy. Praise the Lord. Good to see you this morning, and it's good for you to see me this morning. (laughs) I am glad to be home. I don't know if I've been missed or not. 27 people got baptized during my absence. That'll give you a little bit of a complex while you're away from your church. People start getting saved and baptized when you leave. And so uh, uh, a big thank you to all those who did stand in the pulpit and preach God's word. And that's what I love about this church. It's not man-centered. This is a Christ-centered church. And I praise the Lord for that. Well, we're glad to be home, tired, a little bit worn out. I'm glad my wife's back uh, with us. She wasn't here Wednesday night. She was has been sick the last part of the vacation, and now she's, she's back in church with us. I rented a car when we got out there, and I drove over 2,000 miles in California. Now, i got to tell you, I've always wanted to do that, but I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. We saw some beautiful things in California, but man, uh, uh, 16 days is a long time. And we got homesick before we got back, and we we miss you folks a lot. By the way, while I was in California, I did get a warning. Uh, a concerned member of this church called me and said they felt like they needed to give me a warning about being in California. And I said, okay. And I said, what is it? And they said, well, uh, we were watching the Art Linkletter show. <laughs> How many of you remember the Art Linkletter show? Hold your hand up. They said this program was 50 years old and said there was a little boy sitting there and Art Linkletter asked him, so what's your favorite Bible story? He said, well, it's about Adam and Eve. He said, well, tell us the story of Adam and Eve. And he said, well, he said, Adam and Eve were in the garden and God told them not to eat the apples. But there was a snake there and he said, that snake was really the devil. And he said, that snake talked them into it and said, Adam took that apple and ate it. And he gave it to Eve and Eve ate it. And then he said, God got mad with them and sent them to hell. And then after that, he changed his mind and sent them to California. (laughs) Wow. Got a lot of stories to tell, and in the days to come, I'm sure I'll be sharing with you. Please open your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 9. We'll look at verses 10 through 13 toward the end of the message. But I, you can go ahead and look it up, find your place there. <clears throat> and we'll read this. It's a wonderful passage of Scripture, Second Corinthians 9, 10 through 13. Now, this is normally the place 
in my message where I say, and the title of the message today is, and I tell you what the title is, but I'm not going to do that today. I actually want to show you the title because this title is a little different from the other titles I've had. So, so here it is. Here's the title of my message. Now, I, I know when you look at that, it kind of looks like Chinese writing or something like that. But uh, there's significance to this uh, title. And this is the title of my message. I'll point three things out to you. Notice on the left, the three. Do you see the three? All right, and then on the right, you see there's a G, right? And then right in the middle, between the three and the G, there is a what? A cross. All right. So um, uh, the title of my message today is three G, three G. I'll explain that in a moment. But by the way, thanks to Pastor Coburn, I told him what I was preaching on today. And he said, I'm going to come up with a logo for you. He, you know, we are blessed to have Pastor Coburn. Wow. Wow. So the title of the message is 3G. Now, friends, that has nothing to do with technology. It has everything to do with theology. And that's the reason the cross is in the middle. By the way, the cross should always be in the middle. The cross of Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I could have entitled this uh, message, uh, Christ-Centered 3G Living. But that's too hard to remember. So 3G, say 3G. 3G. I want you to remember that. 3G. Now, by the way, the the name 3G came about when I shared with Pastor Blackie what I was preaching on. And he said, oh, that's a 3G message. And so you can tell I've had some help with this message. And, and, and I praise the Lord for that. Listen, today's message is more than a message, and that's more than a title. Today, I want us to begin a ministry in this church that will last for some 25 weeks from now until Christmas. A ministry, a 3G ministry. And I'm asking every person in this church to get involved in it. And I'm telling you, I know what I'm saying is true. We will have more fun with this than almost anything we've ever done in this church as a ministry. This is going to be fun. And it's also going to bring great glory to God. I know that because the Bible says that. And not only that, many will be drawn to Christ because of it. And then if you could have something better than that, the showers of blessings of God will continue to fall on this church. By the way, have you realized yet that you're in a church that God blesses? It's hard to explain, but God just keeps blessing this church. This will bring more of the showers of blessings on River of Life. Now, I want to begin by giving something sacred away. Now, uh, the word sacred uh, means that it's either dedicated to the Lord or it belongs to the Lord. So I want to give something sacred away. And I need, first of all, I need eight volunteers. I'd like to have four men, four women, but we won't, uh, we won't make it happen that way. But I need eight volunteers. If you'll, adults, 18 and up, if you'll please stand up and come to the stage. Come on. Come on. 
right here. One, two, three, four men. What is, what's wrong with you women? One, two, three, four. All right, there we go. Wait, wait, we got two extras. We'll figure it out. That is terrible. She came to the stage and turned around and left. All right, now I'm confused. All right, come on back. One, two, three, four. There we go. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Come. Okay. Come. You don't want to stand over there with them. Come over here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get a mic and I want each one of them to sing the national anthem again. That was so beautiful. Well, <laughs> now I want to give you something sacred. Okay. Something that's already been dedicated to the Lord. And then I'll tell you what to do with it. Are you ready? Here it is. Here it's coming. It's coming right now. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. All right. See there? You should have volunteered. You should have volunteered. The Lord said, go to the stage, and you didn't come. That's it. All right. All right. This is sacred. There you go. You got your hand out, don't you? You're ready for this. Yeah. Nice, crisp, $100 bills. One. You get one. He tried to take two. What kind of people do we have on this stage? One. You get one. You don't get two. Okay. All right. I need two more people. And here. I would like two people who are not members of this church. Come on. Come on. There we go. Come on. Come on. Wait. Nope. I already got two right here. You were two. Wait. All right. Come on. Come on. We'll do it. All right. Come on up. You got to walk up on the stage. You got to come all the way up here. All right. This gives us 10. I tell you what. Pastor. Pastor. Yes, sir. Hold on. We're having some technical difficulties. What is this? This is is what I was supposed to give this morning. You were supposed to give 10 this morning. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. All right. And I just gave you a hundred. Well, well, you keep his ten for a little while, okay? You can you can still put it in there before you leave. All right, here we go. All right, now this is sacred money. Let me explain to you why it's sacred money. Because all of this money that I've given away today was given to the church through the poor box. And so people came up and put that money in the poor box. And when they did, they may not have said it, but this is what they meant. We're dedicating this money. To the Lord to help those who are in need. Now what happens on a weekly basis is people give money. And then I and the rest of the staff, we pray and we try to follow the leadership of the Lord. And we give that money away. And it is a great blessing. But now we've been praying and we've been thinking that's not a blessing that just the staff should enjoy. So what we want you to do now is remember, this is sacred money for the purpose of helping somebody else. 
So what we want you to do is we want you to pray and be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And we want you to give this money to whomever the Lord tells you to give it to whenever he tells you to give it to them. Now, you can do it in any way you want to. You can give the entire 100. You can break it up into 50s, 520s, 1010s. Uh, you can do however the Holy Spirit leads you to do it. You will just give it away. Very simple. Now, the only other thing I want to ask you to do for us is I want you to share how you felt and how they felt. You don't have to tell us who it is you gave it to. Just kind of give us an account. If you don't want to come up in front of the church, then what you can do is uh, you can just send me a text. All right. Any questions? Plain and simple, ask the Holy Spirit, who do I give this to? I bet you somebody on this stage, tell me already. I bet you somebody on this stage, you already know who you're going to give it to. Anybody? Not yet? All right. All right. So your name is not, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. You may go back to your seat. I told you that was plain and simple, right? Yeah. Now, I want you to know that in children's church this morning, Lori is doing the same thing. Except not with $100. (laughs) She is teaching the kids about things that are sacred, like money. And she's having 10 kids. She's given them all $10 this morning. Those 10 to give away. To get, shouldn't we be teaching our children? to give and to explain that this is the Lord's money and you just get to be the delivery boy. And so you deliver this money to whomever the Lord tells you to. So if your kid comes home with $10, they did not steal it. (laughs) And, and they'll use that money. Now, brother Blackie on Wednesday night is going to give away 10 $50 bills to the youth, the 10 youth. Not sure exactly how he's going to do it right now, but he'll he'll figure that out. Uh, and and let me tell you, the reason we're doing this is because we want to create some excitement because we know and you know that there's great joy in giving, Amen. Yeah. isn't there? Yeah. There's great joy in giving. And when we give, it creates joy. It creates excitement. Uh, the Bible has so much to say uh, about that. And so these 30 individuals, we just want to get 30 people really, really stirred up and testifying. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage every person here to do this. I want you to become a part of this. And here's how we want you to become a part of this. We want you to go home today. And to find a little piggy bank. I know it it may sound like a childish thing to do, but it's really not. It's a deeply spiritual thing to do. Find a a little piggy bank or a little box, a money box or a little container. And then once a week, we want you to put a couple of dollars in there. A few dollars like we do with the poor box. In fact, I'm going to be removing the poor box after today and the poor box won't be out. We want you to have your own poor box at home. Do you understand there are some commands, there are some teachings in Scripture that are not to be carried out on a collective corporate level. They're to be carried out with individuals who are doing what God told them to do. And we want you to put a few dollars in that every week. 
And just keep letting it build up until the Holy Spirit points somebody out that you need to give it to. By the way, I was thinking today, especially if you have small children, when you do your devotion, maybe once a week, to get that poor box out. Can you imagine growing up in a home that has a poor box? And mom and dad saying, we don't just read the scriptures, we do what the scriptures say. And we know that there are people less fortunate and we're going to put, we're going to start putting a few dollars aside. And, and when the Lord tells us, we'll give it away and teach your children to be givers. But listen, we need to be doing this, don't we? Now, I, I, I started thinking and dreaming as the Lord was putting this on my heart. It doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be much. While I was on vacation, I saw some things that broke my heart. One of them was this. We stayed in a hotel and there was this uh, roommate and she honestly, I'm not exaggerating. She looked like she was in her mid to late 80s. I don't even know how she got the job. But she could hardly walk. And she could hardly speak English at all. But she had a job. And... And all I had on me at that moment was $10. And, and when I saw her, when I saw her, the Lord said, give it to her. And I gave her that $10, $10, $10. And let me tell you, when I gave her that $10 and said, God bless you. She, she just lit up. She had a smile. She had tears in her eyes. And then she started doing something. I don't know if I'll ever be able to get out of my brain. She bowed before me. She bowed before me. Oh, it tore my heart out. What I'm trying to tell you is $5 and $10 or $15 or $20 or $30 or $50 can make all the difference in the world with somebody. Not just to meet their financial need, but to send them a message that God told you to give it to them and God cares about them. That's what we're talking about. Oh, my goodness. And then I started thinking big. I thought small, $10, and I started thinking big. We run about 450 in church on Sunday morning. That's about an average. Um, and by the way, that's amazing after COVID and everything we've been through. And so I started thinking, what if 350 of us? I'm talking about what if I did this? What if my wife did this? What if you did this? What if your spouse did this? What if our teenagers did this? Some of our teenagers. I know everybody's not going to get involved. What if some of our children did this? What if we started doing this? What if we started setting money aside right now between now and Christmas and we started putting two or three dollars? Some people, that may be all they can put in. Maybe some people can put more, maybe five or ten or twenty. And every week you put money in there, honestly. I got a calculator out. If 350 people did that, we could give away 40, 50, 60,000 dollars by Christmas. Can you imagine caring so much in Jesus' name that you could walk up to somebody a few weeks before Christmas, or maybe it's uh, before Thanksgiving, and giving them 200 dollars, or 300 dollars, or 500 dollars? Oh, and and you don't you don't just give it. You give it in Jesus' name, and I'll explain that in just a moment. You do it with your testimony. Oh, friends, isn't it time for us to start doing what God's Word says do? Now, so, so let me just sh share with you what God's Word says. 
I'm going to go through these very quickly. We're not going to pull them up, but I can give you the scriptures later. Uh, Just listen. Give and it will be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Now, I have an announcement that has nothing to do with tithing. This is not a tithing message. River of Life is a tithing church. I applaud you, the number of people in this church who tithe. God has blessed this church. We're debt free. We don't owe anybody anything. We've got tithers. And by the way, don't quit tithing. I'll rebuke you if you start putting all your tithes in that poor box. Don't do it. You already know what happens when you tithe, don't you? God blesses you. The windows of heaven open. He pours out his blessing. This is not a tithing message. This is a giving message. Give. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. That's from the Gospel of Luke. Here's from the book of Proverbs. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. And listen, and he will repay them. Do you understand that when you give to the poor, when you give to somebody who cannot return the favor, God sees it. And he says, when you lend to the poor, when you consider the poor, I will repay you. That's the book of Proverbs. In the book of Corinthians, it says, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Oh, there's all kinds of reasons we should be doing this. But I can tell you. And by the way, why is it that when you sow generously, you can reap generously? I'm going to tell you why. Because when God sees you sowing generously, he starts pouring it back into you because he knows you're somebody who won't use it for selfish gain. You'll keep blessing other people. And then Jesus, these are his words. It's more blessed to than to receive. We know that. We know that's the case. And then uh, I think it's the, the book of Psalms that says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's not about tithing. This is about the 90% that you have that God gives you. You share it. It's pleasing to the Lord. And then the book of Psalms says, the wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous Give generously. Did you know that righteous people are givers? Righteous people give. It's part of uh, uh, the birthmarks uh, of a Christian that we give. We are generous. Jesus said in Luke, uh, everyone to whom much is given of him, much will be required. You know, I was thinking about this of all the Christians who have ever lived on planet Earth. I believe we are the most blessed Christians. We have more money, more material possessions, more creature comforts than any group of Christians have ever lived. Wouldn't you think God would expect more out of us? And then again, from the book of Proverbs, honor the Lord with your wealth. When God blesses you, you honor the Lord with it. Jesus said again in the gospel of Luke, if you help those who cannot repay you, you will be blessed. If you help people, you will be blessed. Let me just stop there. I was reading some articles on this and back in 2012, they were doing some scientific studies about giving. Uh, about being generous, about volunteering. And, and, and this is how the study uh, ended. It said people who volunteer and give 
and share live longer. They live longer. Those 10 people who came to the stage, they're going to live longer than you. (laughs) But isn't that something? That has nothing to do with the Bible. It just, it says, uh, this study said, if you are a giver, you will live longer than other people. And then this was the one that amazed me. The study went on to say that giving and sharing and volunteering and helping others is one of the best defenses against depression. So if you know somebody who's depressed... If you know somebody who's depressed, they need to start giving. Why? Because it brings blessings. That's what it says. If you help those who cannot repay you, you will be blessed. First John says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's a rhetorical question. How does God... When, when you see somebody's in need and you just close up your heart, How is it possible that the love of God would dwell in you or in me if we do that? Now, these are the scriptures I really want you to get. Psalm 41, 1 through 3. I'll read it to you. Psalm 41, 1 through 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. the, The promises that go along with us being generous and helping people are amazing. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Do you ever get in trouble? You might ought to go help some poor person out then. He'll deliver you in time of trouble. Verse 2, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He'll live longer, you remember? And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. Those are some amazing promises, aren't they? Why? The only thing... God says you have to do to claim those promises is consider the poor, give to the poor, help the poor, lend to the poor. Now, according to our Lord and Savior, Jesus said this is a judgment issue. See, this just isn't something for us to do. This is a judgment issue that will be brought up on judgment day. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew twenty-five, thirty-one through 40. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. And you gave me food. I was thirsty. And you gave me drink. I was a stranger. And you welcomed me. I was naked. And you clothed me. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison. And you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked And clothe you. And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you. As you did it to one of the least of these my brothers. You did it to me. Child of God are you understanding this? 
You see, when you and I become generous, caring and sharing, and we start ministering to other people, you are doing it to the Lord. And He will bring it up on Judgment Day. This is a judgment issue here. Now that brings me back to the title. Why three G's? This is a 3G ministry, a 3G sermon. Why 3G's? Well, these are the three words I started from, and then Blackie helped me out and Chuck helped me out. These are the three G's. Generous, givers, giving. Generous, givers, giving. Here, I want you to see it on the logo. This will help you. Generous, givers, giving. Would you agree with me when I say that we should be the most generous people on earth? We should be generous. When the world looks at us, they should see the most generous people they've ever seen. We talk about evangelism, and man, we've got some evangelists in this church. Uh, Brother Bill Jenkins, amazing evangelist. <laughs> Derek's a teacher, but last message he preached was evangelistic. How many people are getting saved? But let me tell you something. That is nothing. That is nothing compared to what will happen when you and I start fleshing it out and walking it out in this community. People will come from every direction. They will come. When the world looks at us, they should see the most generous people on earth. When God looks at us, he should see the most generous people on earth. They should see a church filled with givers and not takers. They should see a church, listen carefully, generous givers who are actually giving. They're actually doing it. Do you understand the Bible is real serious about this matter? It's not enough to hear the word of God. If you're a hearer, but you don't do it, the Bible says you're deceiving your own self. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, we are to hear it, and then we're to put it into action. I, I, this is not so much about a sermon I'm preaching. It's about what we do out there. That we give, we become givers, generous givers, giving. Now for the scripture I told you I'd read today. Here it is. I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 through 13. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. I just got to stop there. Come on. Would you like to see an increase of the harvest of your righteousness. Hold your hand up. That's good stuff. You can meditate on this one for a while. I have. You see, God supplies the seed to the sower. He's the one who gives us the means. And the bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. He gives us the ability to sow it. And then he's the one who increases the harvest of our righteousness. God will do that. This, this is amazing. Now look at verse 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. You say, I, I don't have anything to give. How can I be generous? I have nothing. 
No, this is one of those areas where you step out on faith. See, the moment you do it, the moment you embrace it, the moment you step out on faith, he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous. Where? It's up here. Come on, help me. In every way. That's not just writing your tithe check out. That's not just be putting a couple dollars in the poor box. In every way. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. Now hold on. When it comes to this giving thing, there is a priority. And that priority would be saints. You see... We should be helping people out in every way we possibly can. But brothers and sisters in Christ hold a higher place. We take care of our family. We're to minister to the saints. But it is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your... Now this is so important. Please don't miss this. Because we'll mess this whole campaign up if we don't do this. Your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them. And here it is. And for all others. Do you understand? This is not just being philanthropic. And I want to tell you something. When you give money to somebody anonymously and they don't know who you are and they don't know where it came from, you're just being philanthropic. That's all. And it does no good. If you are absolutely sure that you don't want somebody to know you're the one who gives it, then give it to the church and tell us who to give it to and we'll give it in the name of Jesus. But I think it would be better for you to give it to them, for you to walk up to them, And say, you know what? God put you on my heart. God's blessed me. And I've been, I've been dedicating some things to the Lord. And he told me you're the one. Man, God's thinking about you. God's, God's got you on his heart. And you give it in the name of Jesus. Now you say, oh, I don't know if we should do that. Well, listen to this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. See your good works. See your good works. God doesn't all... Now, we should never do any of this to be promoted among men. But let me assure you, God wants the world to see our good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Oh, my goodness. See, it's all here. If you'll step out on faith and embrace a personal giving ministry, God will bless you so you can bless others. So God will be blessed. Maybe a better way to say that is God will bless you so you can bless others. So God will be glorified. That's what that whole passage of scripture is about. And you do it how? The confession of the gospel of Christ coupled with your generosity will cause them to glorify God. You have to do it in the name of the Lord. Now, just so I won't get in trouble by something I said before I left, I told you I was going to talk to you about paradoxes, didn't I? All right. 
We're not going to get off paradoxes for a long time. But this is one of those paradoxes in Scripture. Somebody sent me a a quote uh, a day or so back. I can't remember now. It says, no one has ever become poor by giving. Did you know that that's biblical? In fact, just the opposite. Here's the paradox. Proverbs 11.24. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Proverbs 11.24. The very next verse, Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You become rich by giving. Now, I I got news for you, friends. If this is all about you getting a million dollars, probably it's not going to work for you. I'm serious. But I can tell you this, in the name of Jesus, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, based on the supply that he gives to you and through you, you start a ministry of generosity where you're reaching out to other people. And the end of that story will be riches. Won't all be money, but I believe it'll keep coming. Uh, Hallelujah. You got it? So I can leave these last five pages of notes off. Can I get an amen in the house? Whew. Yeah, I, I, some of you are about to go to sleep. So, And it, and it got warm in here. I, I'll end with this. I read an article a couple days ago. And this is what it says. It was a sad article. But it was sad not just because I read it. And what it said, but I started identifying with the article and I started thinking about the church. The title of the article was, I lost my kindness. I lost my kindness. And this individual said, I grew up in a home where there was love and caring and sharing and giving and helping and reaching out. But then after I left home. The world kind of got the best of me. And I lost my kindness. Oh, my goodness. Do you understand kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, friends, when you have the fruit of the Spirit, you have kindness. You have goodness. And I started thinking, have our hearts become hard? Have we lost our kindness? All I'm asking you to do is something real simple. Real simple. Do you remember the story in the Bible? And and I won't even go into where the man was told to do something real simple and he was offended. He thought, well, if you'd told me to do something great and grandiose, I would have done it because it was so simple. He wouldn't do it. Oh, friends, don't. This is simple, but this is profound. Would you start setting aside something for the poor? Would you ask God to begin to listen to you? I mean, begin to, to, to speak to you. Do you know what would happen if 350 of our people did this? If just 350... We would become more sensitive to the needs of others, wouldn't we? We'd become more sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, wouldn't we? 
We would be actively involved in doing what the scripture says, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Have you lost your kindness? Isn't it time for us to ask God, restore the fruit of the spirit. And I tell you what we're going to do. I'm not going to tell you how we're going to do this now, but we're going to keep up with how much money we give away. Blackie's going to help me with that. We're going to keep up with it. Would you stand with me, please? I'm asking each one of you to make a commitment to do this. But as we close this service, I want to tell you, the God we serve is an amazing God. He's an amazing Savior. (laughs) If he can raise up dry bones, he can save you. And the Lord will save you. You got to ask him. You got to repent of your sins. You got to make up your mind that you won't put it off or procrastinate any longer that this will be the day. I'm telling you, you're in for the ride of your life. If you were to walk down this aisle and say, Pastor, today I want to give my heart to Jesus. And I want to be saved. And today I'm going to go home and I'm going to let the love of God flow through me. And I'm going to get ready to bless and minister to other people. I'm telling you what, you, you haven't seen anything like you're going to see in your life. It may be that you're a Christian and you need to join this church. Uh, maybe you haven't joined, but you want to be in a church like this. Because I got to tell you, everything I've shared with you today is right out of the word. This is what we're supposed to be doing. It's not enough to hear it. We have to be doing it. And when we do it, it gets very, very exciting. This is going to be fun. Father, in Jesus name, thank you for what you've done in this church. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy that's been poured out. But Lord, I pray that we'll blow the doors of this church wide open. And that we'll go out into this community and in that name which is above every name with the good news of Jesus Christ that we will start giving and being generous and telling people about Jesus. And and Lord, I pray that you'll take away all the excuses that the enemy would give us. And that you would bless us to bless those who are less fortunate than us. And now, Lord, right now, I pray if there's somebody here who's not sure where they'd spend eternity, that this morning salvation will come. Or if there are those who need to join this church and be a part of this movement here, bless them to come this morning. As we sing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.